welcome to the Colorful Kid episode 11 podcast where we're pretty much going to talk about all League MX since it's starting up in a couple days and we got Brian with me and we got uh, Rafa from Mexican Foot. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Glad to be back. Good. Hope everybody had a great holiday season. But League MX is back. <laughs> the wait is over. The wait, the long... What was it like? Ten days, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Hey, Rafa, what would have happened if uh, Club America would have gone to the final? They would have pushed back the. Would they, would they would have pushed back the whole the whole uh, Liga MX final, right? Yeah, uh, from what I heard, it, they would have played it on that one same Christmas week. Uh-huh. Uh So if they would have actually made it, uh, the final would have been played at basically that same week that were. Christmas was. I think it would have been uh, a day or two before Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool, actually. <laughs> but um, before we get to League MX, we're going to talk about the Mexico's U23 squad. And just in case you're not up to date, here are the call-ups. We got Luis Cardenas, Jesse Gonzalez, Lahoud, and Richard Sanchez are the keepers. Defenders, we got Abela, Aguirre, Pollito Briseño, Marin, Rodriguez, Salcido, Silva, Jose Van Rankin as the defenders. Midfielders, we got Alvarez, Cisneros, Espericueta, Ponchito Gonzalez, Eric Gutierrez, Victor Guzman, Dedos Lopez, Chucky, Michael Perez, Pizarro as the midfielders and the forwards looking a little thin. We got Marco Bueno, <laughs> Carlos Fierro, Cubo Torres, and Angel Saldivar. Right off the bat, I have a couple comments on the goalies. Uh, do you guys have any, any snubs? You thought might be, I mean, it's just a training camp, but any snubs you think, Brian, that you expected to be on the team? No, that, that looks about right to me obviously pe- some people i've seen were freaking out because no gudinho but obviously he's not going to be coming on over since he's with porto b right now but yeah um nothing to freak out about that's a good call up uh obviously very interesting to see uh gonzalez on there um with all the rumors of him being called up to the u.s but i guess that wasn't on his mind and he's back with mexico so or never left but <laughs> you know what i mean Rafa, are you surprised to see uh, no Orbelin Pineda? Yeah, I guess that's the only other player that a lot of people were asking about and he just wasn't there. It was Orbelin Pineda. Uh, I'm not entirely surprised because when you look at these midfielders, there's there's quite a lot of talent. Uh, and Orbelin Pineda did not have the best of seasons last uh, this last apertura. Um, but again, if you look at the this, li- this list of midfielders... It, there's so much talent. Uh, obviously, Orbelin will have the chance to, to improve this, this coming clausura, uh, and there's still a, a couple months away from the Olympics. There's always a chance that he comes back. Uh, but looking at this midfield, there's just so much talent. Uh, I like that that there's players like Michael Perez, who, who played, I think, 11 games or so this, this last season for Chivas, and he was uh, very impressive holding the midfield. He's included... Uh, you know, you got guys that, that have been there already, like Victor Guzman, who, who's shown that there's so, there's some talent in him. Uh, Poncho Gonzalez is in there. Uh, Eric Gutierrez, 
you can't forget him. Jonathan Espericueta comes back. Uh, I think this is this is his chance to to make an impression uh, because he wasn't included uh, these past call ups. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just such a talented midfield. Uh, but Urbelimpina is definitely one midfielder, to, one player in general to to keep an eye out for who might be coming back in the future. But other than that, I, I don't see anybody else missing. Yeah, I think it's a. I'm just that midfield is just so loaded. Just so many things you can do. What is um? I think Potro is still the coach, correct? Correct. What do you, What do you think he's gonna do the midfield? Do you think he's gonna go like a four five one or? I don't know. There's just so much com. There's so many combinations he can do. Uh, if If you actually saw the Preolimpico, uh, he sort of just makes things around for every single game. He, uh, I know a lot of people weren't happy that Irving Lozano was at was in the bench. Um, but, you know, he has that luxury. It's not, it's a good problem, as we like to, to say, uh, because he just has so many options in the midfield. Uh, the biggest question mark for me is in the, de- in the defense, because um, who exactly do you, do you play as left back? That's been an issue for a while now. Uh, I know Abella is there, um, Eric Aguirre is there, uh, but that defense is still, you know, uh, the fullback positions are still sort of the question mark in this team, and they've been for a while. Uh, I think Osvaldo Rodriguez, who who played a few games this season, is the only left back, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong from uh, from this from this squad, uh, and I think he he, if I'm not mistaken, either he was also actually at a U17 World Cup, so that's one player. To, that we should keep an eye out for and see if he actually uh, makes that big step and starts in this team. I'd be surprised if he does because he's on the younger side. Uh, but for me, that's a big question, Mark. I think the midfield has no issues. You can start whoever you want. That midfield will produce. Yeah, I mean, do you find anything interesting by the fact that, that those Lopez was uh, grouped in with the midfielders and not the defenders? Well, he's been playing as, as a right midfielder for Chivas for, for a while now. Again, it's, there's just so much, so many options in this team. You, uh, these are players that can play multiple positions. It's not like they have one direct position where uh, they play week in and week out. This is a very diverse group of players. Uh, just looking at Poncho Gonzalez, he can play through the middle. He can play through the left. Uh, you know, there's just so much talent in this team. Uh, so you can just switch it up, play any style you want. This is this this squad is stacked. I, I'm. I'm excited about the squad, to be honest. Brian, are they going to repeat? Um, <laughs> well, we have a prediction for 2016 that I'll save later, but um, I think it's right a, there. The tease, teasing you yeah, guys. Yeah, so just hold hold on for a minute, guys. But uh, no, I think it's a very talented squad, and they look very good in the qualifying. Now, am I, I am I am I wrong in, in that? Uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, uh, Pizarro was a left back during the qualifiers, so is it impossible? Wasn't that true that he was the left back? I think and then uh, yes, Lopez was. was the right back. I mean, you always have that option um, of him and, going there. And Eric Aguirre actually played left back as well. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Potro uh, just mixed things up for almost every single game. Well, yeah, just. Recap that tournament. Mexico played five games. They won five games, scored eleven goals, only gave up one goal. That's a good. Uh, 
uh, ratio there. Yeah. So, and they won. They won the tournament. I it was with a two zero over Honduras. Mm-hmm. So, the golazo at the second goal. Guzman's goal. Yes. Yes. So this man, but like, this team is so good. <laughs> yeah. It's just stacked. The talent is stacked there. But um, yeah. As good as uh, Rafa, you think the midfielders are? How about those forwards? Who is actually? I mean, I like uh, Kubo Torres, but he's been 2015 was just not his year. Mm mm. So, who's gonna out of these uh four guys? Who would you start? Would I start? I'd start. I think Kubo would be the obvious one, uh, and then Marco Bueno, just because that's how it's been the, this whole process with Eric, uh, with Torres and Marco Bueno as the forwards. Uh, but you made a good point. I think the forwards is another question mark in this team. Uh, but if you ask me, uh, but uh, just uh, to interject there, you have to keep in mind, everyone, Tecatito is age eligible. If if well, let's just lead into that. But yeah, 2016, the summer of 2016, Tecatito will play in what tournament for Mexico? Brian, what tournament is he going to play? I think it's going to be Copa America. I think they're going to try to bring as strong as a roster they can to that, just because, number one, the fan presence, and number two, the past two tournaments were not, you know, that wasn't strong teams. Um, although he could go play for the Olympics. I think he's going to be with the first team in Copa America. Cause I really doubt Porto's going to let him play both like uh 20. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. You think it's a good move, Rafa, to have him play with the first team? Absolutely. I, I echo Brian here. I think he's going to play in the Copa America. Uh, I don't think he, I, I mean, I don't know if he's needed in this team, to be honest, because there's just so much talent on the wing and, Inside mm-hmm. the midfield, uh, you brought it up because of the forwards. I, I don't know if he'd be able to play that nine role in this team, or at least you know through the middle, uh, because there's just so much talent you know on the wing be- between Daniel Alvarez and uh, you know Raul Lopez and these other players who can play out uh, out wide. Uh, but I think Copa America is made for him. I think this is his time for to shine. Uh, I think this is where. If Mexico play well, people, more people will take notice and, and think, you know, this Tecatito guy is really good. Uh, it's just not Mexican fans who are making a big deal about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Copa America is for him. Uh, and like you said, I, I doubt Porto would let him play two tournaments uh, because he's already carrying uh, the Gold Cup from last year as well. But, yeah, Copa America for me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. We have to, we have to bring that that quote unquote A team to Copa America because that's I think Mexico's gonna do well. To Copa America, call me biased, but yeah, I mean, I they're they're the home team. Yeah, basically, um, I know some people are kind of skeptical, like of what kind of teams are gonna be brought, but to me that doesn't matter because Mexico was one of those, I guess you could say, handicapped teams in the yeah. tournaments past. So that didn't, that doesn't take away from that, ter- those tournaments that shouldn't take away from 
the one here. So, yeah, Sinistrung is a roster you can, but I, I don't think Corona's playing two tournaments, and I'm not even sure he would want to. So, I oh, think no. he, I, I think he's definitely, uh, yeah, I think he's, we're going to see him in the United States in the summer. So, yeah, I mean, Twenty only let him play because they were trying to sell him, so they're trying to get as many showcases as possible for him. Very true. Yes. But yeah, he le- he jumped off that ship at the right time because that that team is just <laughs> bad bad news. Um, talk about the forward. Let's go to the keepers. We have four keepers here, and that's not including uh, Gudinho, who is going to get called up. I, I don't see him not getting called up here. But the big news, as Brian was saying, is Jesse Gonzalez. Last week, multiple people were reporting he was going to accept Jurgen Klinsmann's invitation to play with the U.S. national team at quote unquote. Camp Cuck Cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess he didn't call him back. He didn't return uh, Klinsman's WhatsApp message. I don't know. <laughs> but he's going to be with the Mexico U23 squad. Yeah. He seemed pretty excited too in his, in his, on Twitter that he's gonna, he got called up. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure what to make of those of that, that news that he was going to accept it. But I'm not even sure that's a smart move. Just like, I don't know. I, I think it's just a way to get another name on that, on the U S roster. That's in limbo. I guess you could say, um, I, I don't know. I think he's, he can, I don't, like I said, um, uh, before I still have Gudinho is that has, that's the highest ceiling and the future possible, you know, probably the, the, the best potential, but Hey, he's right. The, Gonzalez can be right up there too. Um, so yeah, I, I think he made a good decision personally and Mexico you can only bring 18 players to the Olympics so they only mm-hmm. take two goalies so Gudino is going to be one and I think the other guy is going to be Jesse Gonzalez do you, do you see anything else shaking out different from there Rafa or you think those two guys are going to be on the plane to Rio I don't know I think it's tough because last time we spoke about uh, La Hood yeah, who... you were a fan of La Hood oh, well yeah. I'm not a fan oh. of La Hood. <laughs> I mean, to with all due respect, I think there's better goalkeepers than Lahuda out there. But, uh, but I did make mention that Potro likes to respect the process, uh, as we like to say, and, and Lahut might be there because he's just been with his team for, for a while now. He's been the main goalkeeper. Uh, he finally got his chance to start, uh, and and a lot of people question his decision not to play Gudino in the Preolimpico, but. I can see Lahut and Jesse Gonzalez making the cut and Gudinho not making it. I'll say it right now. Uh, just because I think Potro, again, is going to, in those words, say he just respects the process. Uh, I got the chance to hear him when he spoke uh, here in L.A. because Mexico played two of their Paralympico games here in Carson. And somebody asked him about Irving Lozano, about why he wasn't starting Irving Lozano. And he just basically said, look, I really don't care about big names. Uh, I just see what's going on in the training ground, and it's my decision. So really, that's he was just very blunt about it. I know, it doesn't matter if it's Irving Lozano, if it's Neymar or whatever. Uh, it's ultimately my decision. Uh, your job is to you know write about it and discuss about it, uh, create whatever narrative you want. Uh, but you know, it's my ultimately my decision to choose who I want to start in this team. He's a very blunt guy. I mean, he's not rude blunt but he's a very blunt guy uh and i think he he's just that sort of guy who would take and start lahoud 
uh, and Jesse Gonzalez and take them to the Olympics uh, and leave Gudinho home. Do you think, um, I know you're saying he's going to respect the process, but and earlier this week, I don't know if you guys saw what Carlos Fierro said about when he was at Chivas, he wasn't he wasn't being he wasn't allowed to go up to the national team, the youth national teams, and he said it affected him. Do you think Gudino is going to suffer because he's not he's not in all these camps because he's across the pond in Europe, so he's mm-hmm. not in there, he's not in these camps in these informal camps that Liga MX always releases their youth players, whereas he is not going to get released because he's playing for Porto B. I I don't. Uh... To be honest with you, Gudinho will have his chance. Oh, There's yeah. absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, we all know how talented he is. We we spoken extensively of the ceiling he that that he has because he's just so young and he's so talented. His his chance will come. He he needs to accept that as well. If he doesn't make it to his squad, uh, he just needs to know that you know his chance will come. It, it, he knows he's good. We all know he's good. Uh, it'll come eventually. There is one other possibility that could happen. Um, I mean, I don't see it. I still think Ochoa, Talavera, and Munoz will probably go to Copa America, but do you guys see the possibility that maybe a guy like Gonzalez could be um, one of the guys that gets called up for Copa America? Obviously not as a starter, but as one of the uh, goalies taken. No. Um, What about Tonio? Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, yeah him too. I, he, I would take him over Jesse. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Tonio. I don't know about you guys, but I've I've always rated him. I was a little disappointed when uh, Chepo came in and just immediately put in Micho as number one, and Tonio pretty much sat on the bench except for Copa and Mex games for a whole, a whole year. Yeah. But, yeah, Jesse, I... I I think he's has a lot of potential, but let's just say this: I would have been more concerned if he picked the U.S. as opposed to when Yarbrough picked. When Yarbrough went to the U.S., I I didn't give it a second thought. I was shocked by that personally. I was shocked by that move or by that decision. But I mean, as we heard before, sometimes players just pick the call up just because they want that opportunity. Uh, you know, maybe maybe down the road. Uh, he'll be on their World Cup roster. I mean, who knows? But uh, unlikely. But sometimes players do that for that decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I still think Gudinho uh, is going to have. Um, he'll have a shot, dis- despite maybe not being in these, you know, these camps and stuff. Well, last time at the last Olympics, we had a couple Mexicans make the move over to Europe after the tournament. I think we all—I think I know what we're all going to pick if we had to pick one or two guys to make the jump to Europe. I think we're all going to pick Chucky. Mm-hmm. Am I right, Rafa? Chucky? Oh, I think Lasano definitely. We're talking about this next season coming up. This might be his breakout season if he does well. I don't see how he. There isn't teams in Europe interested in. Um, PSV allegedly made like a seven million dollar offer for him. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. like I was like I was telling you guys earlier, I was at the preseason game uh, Pachuca and Chivas, and uh, by far he was the <clears throat> the best player 
on the field. Um, the, every time the ball was in the air going down his way, I mean, he put the ball down and just attack and just caused so much, so many problems. And obviously it worked because he scored a goal and assisted. He, he was just so deadly. It was actually kind of nice to see in person, you know, to finally get, you know, what's really going on. Uh, and his potential is uh, pretty crazy from what I saw. Yeah, I think it's everyone's choice to make the jump after uh, the Olympics. Uh, Rafa, do you see anyone else? Oh, he's, there's those rumors that Carlos Acero already signed. Oh, yeah, I guess the rumors that he's got a prearranged contract. That's, I guess I heard Benfica was the team, but no one's you know, come out and said which team he has the agreement with. But And I can nice. see that because uh, uh, Luizon is actually on the older side of the game and he might yeah. be on the way out of Benfica. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been there for, what, 12 years, I think? Yeah, he's, he's a legend at the club. Yeah. He, he's the captain. Uh, I can see Carlos Salcedo coming in and taking over. It'd be excellent, in my opinion. Uh, we know what Benfica is about. Uh, we know what the Portuguese league is about. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's perfect. It's the you know it's the stepping stone league. It's this it's a league that tons of South Americans, Colombians, you know, especially Brazilians have gone to Portugal, had a good year, year and a half, and those teams aren't afraid to sell. Yeah, that, there's a there's a huge list for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah long list and with that said I, I hope we're wrong it's not Benfica and he makes it he makes a move to the Bundesliga or something like that uh, because I think he's he's that good yeah I, when, he, when he came over to Chivas from MLS I was a little disappointed because you know Chivas had their Chivas has that reputation of holding on to their guys I mean just mm-hmm. ask Marco Fabian <laughs> but I, I was hoping that when he came over to Chivas he had some sort of you know, a clause in his contract where it was like, "Hey, someone's willing to pay X amount of money, you have to accept it." And I guess that that was part of his contract with you, so smart. I agree. Uh, another guy, what? another guy. I think. Well, I mean, you were at that game. Did you see? Did Eric Gutierrez and uh, Pizarro play? Yeah, yeah, they were also very good. Um, obviously, not. I mean, everyone's eyes are on Lozano on that yeah. game, but yeah, but th- those they played good, and Salcedo played good, um, good clearances, as I um, as I was saying earlier. Um, yeah, they're all very talented guys. I think this is like we we're saying earlier. This is a very talented roster, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more um, of these players making the jump to Europe than even the previous one and succeeding. I should say. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited overall. <laughs> Steam is good, man. I'm I'm excited too. But the tournament takes the tournament doesn't start until August, I think. Yeah. So. And there's some and this depending on who brings who, <laughs> this should be a pretty stacked tournament. Yeah. Well, I guess already rumors that Neymar is gonna play. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. I find that really hard to believe, though. Because you don't yeah. think Brazil's going to want him to play in Copa America? That and... Um, and Barcelona's not going to want him to play in the Olympics? Because that's going to take up about a month of La Liga season. 
Yeah, that's true. I well, mean... the thing with with Neymar going is because in Brazil, it, it just really means a lot. They're they're hosting the tournament. Oh yeah, and they've never won the gold medal in a soccer man, in a men's soccer tournament. It blows my mind. So. <laughs> It's either now or never. They're hosting the tournament. I mean, you'd expect them to have some sort of advantage uh, because of that, although the World Cup showed otherwise, but that's just completely another story. But I can see it happening. I can see him bringing in Neymar and not letting him go to Copa America, just bringing him for the Olympics because it just means so much to them. They've won five World Cups. They have won tons and tons of Copa Americas. Uh, this is the only thing missing in, in their trophy room. Uh, it will also alleviate the pain of <laughs> what I was just talking about earlier, the 2014 World Cup. So uh, I can see it happening. Yeah. Uh, and they also have a very, very good team. Uh, you know, I've we've talked extensively of just how good this team is. Uh, and I, I'm not, I might sound biased, but I'm being just trying not to be. But I think... Uh, for the first time, I can see Mexico going into a major tournament like this as favorites. Uh, that's just how good Mexico is. Uh, when I talk about just how, the amount of players that these qualified teams have and uh, the talent they have, I think Mexico is up there. Uh, Brazil is one of them, of course, because they're hosting it and a lot of their players play in top teams in Europe, even if they're under 23 years old. They're still playing in a lot of the good teams in Europe. Uh, but Mexico is one of the favorites, undoubtedly, to win this tournament. And they're yeah. the defending champions. Yeah, and they're the defending champions. I mean, let's go over the list of right now. There are still teams to be added, but we have Brazil. I mean, this teams that stand out, Brazil, Argentina, Denmark, Germany, Portugal, Sweden. Um, that's a pretty. That's already a pretty good <laughs> uh, group of teams right there. So it, let's say Mexico makes a good run. It's just going to look that much better for the um, for the talent that we have on this team, because um, there's going to be good names that show up here. And uh, real quick to wrap up U23 talk, um, Ralph, I know you said you you've listened to Potro speak. What do you think he's going to do after this after this cycle ends with these youth players? Because he's been with these guys for years. Yeah, that, that's a very good question. Uh, you know. I, I'd say that it just starts all over again and and the Mexican Federation keeps him. That's my hope. Uh, a lot of people think that he's good enough to, to coach in the club level. Uh, there aren't many young Mexican managers out there. Uh, that's one thing we, we've spoken about previously. Uh, there just isn't you know, young managers with fresh ideas coming out in Leon Mekis. Uh, we talk about Memo Vasquez being the youngest one and I know sometimes he looks a little one-dimensional with Pumas. As a Pumas fan, I can tell you that. Uh, but Poto is certainly one of those managers where we think that maybe he should give it a try. Uh, you, you, I mean, you never know if he actually does a good job and takes over at a club in Liga Amakis and does a very good job. But my hope is that he stays with the, uh, the national teams uh, and just continues with that process of bringing up players. Uh, we saw with Chucho Ramirez, it didn't work out when he went to Club America. Some coaches are just made for this. Uh, I, I don't know. That's for Potro to decide. That's for uh, the FMF to decide. I'm not sure if his contract is up. Uh, I, don't know. I, I haven't really looked 
looked into it at all. But my hope is that he stays and uh, he keeps making these these players that he's been working so hard with. I mean, he's won at pretty much every level. Yeah. And he has good showings at the World Cup, at the Youth World Cups. He won the 2011 U17 World Cup. They came in, what, second place in the U20? Uh, third, uh, third, third place. Yeah. I mean, his players perform, uh, all these Mexican youth players. I mean, we talk about, like, even Chaton. He won the third. He won the bronze mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, his players perform. So, on one hand, I kind of want to see him take over a team. But on the other hand, it's Liga MX. He'll be, he could be fired in, like, four weeks just because it's Liga MX. So I, I'm with you, Rafa. I hope he stays with the youth national team set up. And I, if he wants to, he's going to stay. If like There's no one in the Federation who's going to want to you know, not hire him. But, yeah, Baltro, he's, he's been good. He does it, succeeds every, every youth level. So, but yeah, that wraps up our U23 talk. Let's go to the, the big daddy here. Liga MX, and I'm excited. Brian's excited. Rafa, are you excited? Absolutely. You guys have absolutely <laughs> no idea how exciting it is. You know, as much as I enjoy watching the Portuguese League and the Premier League, I just miss the Liga MX. Well, tell me about a couple of players you're excited to see. Well, we spoke about one of them already, Irving Lozano. Uh, I think that's just a given. I think I'll, I'll say another one, and that's Jurgen Dam. Simply because I, I want to see how, how he evolves this season. We already saw him in his first six months with Tuca. Uh, those who know me personally know I, I, I'm still iffy on him. But he's he's improved, uh, you have to admit. Yeah, he's shown tons of improvement under Ricardo Ferretti. Uh, I made mentioned that he's even tracking back and defending uh, when he has to, he he's learning these these small things that uh, that every player must know. Uh, one of my biggest beefs with him was uh, he just didn't know the basics. He he ran very fast. We knew he was talented, but he just forgot the basics completely. Uh, now with Ricardo Ferretti, he has given him that. He's like, you know what? Uh, we know you're good, but don't forget the basics. Uh, that's what makes a, good, a player good. Uh, I want to see just how he evolves the season. I want to see if he starts. Uh, being more efficient, he starts getting more assists because he he already had a uh, a very good assist total. I think he might have gone four assists last season, which uh, was actually very good. Uh, when we're talking about the last few seasons, he's played with Pachuca and stuff. Uh, but I want to see if he starts getting goals. I want to see I want to see him do more. I want to see uh, show that level of improvement that that makes me think, wow, this guy already is ready to go to Europe. Uh, that's why I think he's one of the players that we should all keep an eye out for. We all know just how the potential he has, but can he bring it up a notch? Is he fifteen million dollars good? <laughs> I, I don't think so, to be honest. But no, he's definitely not fifteen million. Well, that's my opinion. <laughs> Brian, who's your guy to watch? Um, let's see. Uh, well, the one that I'm looking forward to see how he does. Uh, would be William Da Silva with Club America. Um, obviously, uh, being one of the new signings with the team, it's just, you know, 
see how he how he gels with them. Um, another guy would be um, Omar Gonzalez. Actually, I'm wondering if he can win over a spot and uh, uh, farewell with um, Pachuca coming in from the Galaxy. So those are those are two definitely uh, to watch to watch out for, uh, in my opinion. You think uh, Omar's going to step in and start day one? I'm gonna say no, not off the bat, but I think he might be able to. Um, he might be able to win it over. Um, obviously, it was only a friendly, but he didn't start when I was there. Um, he played about 30 minutes, did pretty well, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. And then obviously, Club America, you, it's just flip a coin how, how their how their chemistry is gonna be. So that's why I'm interested to see how De Silva does. My guy to see, uh, I'm really curious to see how he does and improves, uh, Ponchito Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. He kind of struggled this past season. I mean, he was injured, but he only played, he only started eight, eight league games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he only had one goal. <laughs> yeah. He so, was pretty, it was pretty quiet from him. Yeah. So I think he's one of, he's one of those guys going to take that next step up. He's only he has I think he's got one one cap. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I, that's one guys I'm you know just like how you are with Jurgen Dam I'm curious to see how he improves his game steps it up. And yeah, I less need to play well. I mean they're not you know that close in terms of uh, relegation you know but they got Rafa Marquez coming back. I, that's another guy I want to see. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how Rafa Marquez plays just because I'm just, I'm just a Rafa Marquez fan but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I last play up with Panchito. I want to see how he does. That's be, you know, besides the obvious. I mean, if there's one team I, I want to watch every week. It has to be it has to be Pachuca. Yeah. With Gutierrez, Pizarro, and that Chucky guy, man. <laughs> yeah, I I do agree. I would say also maybe maybe uh, Carlos Fierro to see yeah. if he how he fares with uh, Guerrero. Yeah. Um. Maybe he'll get a chance to shine there, and they also also in the Conca Champions, right? Uh, Querétaro. Yeah. Yes, they play. Uh, DC United, yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, that well, I'll, I'll throw him in there too. Yeah, I've been waiting for him to do something since like 2012. So. Well, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of moves. Um, I know last episode we were going up all the we were, we had that podcast episode on like one of the draft days, so moves are going left and right. Uh, Rafa, what what's your uh, who was your best and who was your worst off season? Which one of these teams had the best and worst? Oh, that's tough. Let's see. Who had the worst? Well, the worst has to be Corinthians, right? <laughs> oh, well. yeah, they're half their team is just being sold to Chinese teams, but uh, that's another league. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I'll say the worst, just, I would say Toluca with Gerardo Flores. Uh, with all due respect, uh, if you are Toluca and, you know, you're going to be competing in the Copa Libertadores and Liga Mekis, how do you just bring in Gerardo Flores and that's it? I don't think they're they're ready to compete. I hope I'm wrong. But with that in mind, how do you not bring in players, you know? Uh, 
you're going to be fighting in two fronts. Uh, we assume that they're trying to do a good job in the Copa Libertadores because Cardoso is Paraguayan and he sort of has a hit, this history because uh, you know he's just South American and South Americans like to do well in the Copa Libertadores. So I, I'm a little surprised they only got Harold Flores. If I'm not mistaken, I think to this day that's the only player they got. But that has to be the worst, in, in my opinion. Uh, now for the best... We're talking about teams or player? Well, just teams. Which teams improved? Which teams improved? Uh, I might have mentioned last time that I really like Cholos because they, they brought in a lot of you know role players rather than big stars, and Miguel knows how to use these players. Uh, I like that. The... Other team would have to be Pachuca. Uh, we already talked about bringing in Omar Gonzalez and then bringing uh, Murillo from Atlético Nacional. Uh, and they, they also brought in Stefan Medina. Uh, this is a team that that did very well offensively. We already spoke about Lozano. There's Jara who, who just went. This incredible streak of scoring goals in almost every single game he played. Uh, since he arrived at the team, uh, but defensively they just weren't very good. Uh, Miguel Herrera Equiwa, which has also been with the national team in the past, uh, with all due respect, was just horrendous last season. He he, he was arguably the worst player on, on their team, and um, so they brought in Omar Gonzalez, Murillo, and Stefan Medina. So defensively, they on paper they look to improve, and I think that's the only thing they needed to improve upon because. They're already very good on the attack, and they're already already a very good coach team. So that's one team that definitely improved this offseason. Uh, and in my opinion, probably the better equipped team uh, this offseason. When Patrico was making those moves, I was kind of secretly hoping they were prepping themselves to lose one of those three U23 players. Am I the only one who felt like that? Like they were... <laughs> preparing like all right well we're gonna sell one of these guys eventually let's let's try to load up here yeah well but i mean defensively speaking i think if they would have done that they would brought in a player more like like to like of the player they were they were losing um i don't know i think defensively they just needed to address that and they did it uh and they should improve because of that Good. But it's League IMAX, man. <laughs> One day you're in first place, the next time you're relegation bound. And then you're fighting for the title. Yep. <laughs> but then at the same time, you're in Copa Libertadores somehow. <laughs> yeah. What about Don't you, make Brian? Um, well, I mean, he pretty much hit a lot on the head. Pretty um, much. He I, stole I... it. He stole our, our team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say this might be a, a cop out, but it might be a little bit. For me, it's too early to say who had the worst, just because, like we said, it's so unpredictable. I will say that maybe, you know, I will agree with the Toluca um, situation, but in terms of teams, I think improved. Obviously, I I will, I mean, I I would say uh, Cholos also, but maybe even Chivas. I mean, um, although he didn't didn't, uh, surprise me in the friendly. but adding on uh, Pena and 
Pineda, I think, as we talked earlier, I think those are good moves. Um, so I think, in my opinion, Chivas did a good job. Um, and then, of course, Cholo's having Piojo. I think it's a good, a good setup. So those are two teams for sure. Um, now, I'm not really sure on the, the worst, just because, like I said, it's, it's a toss-up. <laughs> it, you know, both maybe Chivas and, Cholo, and Cholos might have a terrible uh, season, so who knows. Yeah, Chivas, they might fire the coach in a month. Who knows? Yeah, but, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I like, the, I like the moves Chivas did. I like what Cholos did, especially with the new manager. I know Rafa's high-end Cholos this season. Yeah, definitely. So, one thing with Chivas that gets me and gets the fans is who's going to score goals for them? Are they counting on, like, 49-year-old Omar Bravo? That yeah, Absolutely. Like, <laughs> they short up the midfield with Pineda and uh, Gullit, but who's going to be on the end of those? Yeah, I mean, I heard they're gonna count on uh, Angel Saldivar when they when they were asking uh, Almeida about Pulido, and he's like, "We're gonna have to go with uh, Angel Saldivar." So, but if you're counting on Omar Bravo scoring goals for you and it's 2016, yeah, it's a dicey not... situation. Yeah, that's true. Yes. So. Yeah. So I guess we're in, in line with going. Best worst favorites into the season. I'm just gonna say it now favorites Tigres. Is that are they not the clear favorite? Yeah, I mean, they I should don't. be. They should yeah. be. <laughs> well, then who's number two? <laughs> <laughs> That's a dangerous question. Yeah. Uh, well, Rafa, you think your Pumas are gonna keep up there? I don't. No. Uh, no, uh, I've spoken about this in the last podcast, how there's just this basically pattern that Pumas goes to where they do very, very bad, then they just magically make the Leon and Mekis final and then just do horribly again for a couple more seasons and then again magically make the Leon and Mekis final. I think they, they peaked last season, it's, it's all downhill from now, I mean. I don't sound like the most optimistic Pumas fan, but that's just how it's been for a while. And um, But I, I don't see it because I think Memo Vasquez was, was figured out in the Liga. His tactics were just basically, you know, just on the floor and everybody just made a mess out of it because Pumas just looked incredibly predictable during the Liga. Uh, and he's going to have to come up with something new for this season because everybody's going to know exactly what Pumas is about at the start of the season. So unless he does something about it, I don't know how, how they're going to improve or, well, improving is, is tough, but how they're going to keep the, how they're going to, you know, just even get to the final again or to the semifinals. Uh, now there's the Copa Libertadores aspect to it. Uh, I'm more excited about the Copa Libertadores than, than I am with, uh, the the league, to be honest, when it comes to Pumas, uh, just because it just brings a different element. Teams are not as prepared. Uh, you know, there might be only three days in between games where the coach might sees tape of Pumas, and it, you know that's the only time they have to to know about Pumas, know about their game plan. Uh, so there's there that auto of unpredictability that uh, that makes the tournament exciting. Uh, as opposed to Liga Amakis, where everybody already knows what Pumas is about. We already know what their style is. We already know that they're so dependent on Fidel Martinez and 
Ismael Sosa that, you know, you just put two guys on them and that's it, they're done. Do you think uh, they're going to finish top half at least? Yeah, I can see it. Uh, okay. I mean, they're still a talented team. They uh, they brought in uh, Matias uh, Vidangosi, which was uh, really good for Chapas, as a matter of fact. Uh, he, it wasn't um, their, their other guy, Silvio Romero, but uh, he was very important for them last season. Uh, he's one of those guys that Ricardo Lavolpe wanted to to keep for this season, but unfortunately Pumas came in and just snatched him away. Uh, but that's that's a really good player that, that Pumas got. I think we'll see a lot of them in, in the Copa Libertadores especially. Uh, but I can see him making the top half of the table. I don't know if they'll make the Liga. I don't know. Again, a lot of people say I'm not very optimistic, but i just seen this before. <laughs> it's not your first rodeo? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at the table for last season, and I'm kind of surprised that Leon was number three. <laughs> yeah. With a goal difference of plus one. <laughs> Jeez. So that defense was quite leaky, but <laughs> I, I see them going. I mean, they lost, they lost Pena. Yeah, the engine in the middle. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's the thing with Liga MX you don't know. Just and the fact that uh, Tigre has finished fifth in the league as more of a component, I think, of them kind of taking the first month of the season off, focusing on Copa Libertadores mm-hmm. than anything else. <clears throat> well, right off the bat, we know Tigres is the favorite. You you already said that. Yeah. Uh, I think Pachuca is another team that I throw in there because of what I said earlier. Then we don't talk a lot about Santos. They they brought in a new coach. Yep, and they got a couple of signings. They got Villafaña from MLS. Davila. And then they got um, our boy, Davila. Yeah, really Davila, yeah. yeah. They were actually going to be my surprise team for the season. Santos, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see it as well. Uh, you know, they, they have a – they already had a very good team. I think coaching was just not there, but – yeah. <clears throat> so I'm looking at uh, last season stats, and uh, uh, Tigres only gave up 16 goals in 17 league games. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> God, that team is so loaded. But um, well, opposite of the favorites, who are your relegation favorites? I think Sinaloa is gonna gonna be the quote unquote favorite here, but <laughs> <laughs> any chance? Anyone gonna make the bold prediction in Chivas they're gonna go down? Actually I just wrote an article where I said they're gonna make the <laughs> they're gonna make the playoffs. They could. <laughs> um I would say Morelia, but like I, they're always in they're always in the relegation area, but so I think they're just gonna kind of just float around and stay there. I don't think they're going to be in the the death spot there. I mean, they're, Morelia is currently at 1.1059 mm-hmm. and Sinaloa is at 0.88. Not, not so good. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't... I don't see anyone but Sinaloa going down. 
It's an easy. It's an easy answer, I think. Yeah. As much as Tigers are the favorites, that's how much Sinaloa is the favorite to go down. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, season starts. Well, we're recording this podcast on Thursday, so the season starts tomorrow. Any? What's your guys' uh, game of the week? Um, well, as we're talking off the bat, two teams to watch out for. I mean, one one of mine was Tijuana, and I think in Rafa's at Pachuca, so they play Friday. I think that's gotta be a, yeah. You that's a must a must watch game. Yeah, I'm gonna stay up past my bedtime to watch that. It's gonna be a good game. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I also want to watch Querétaro versus Atlas on Friday as well. I mean, it's that it's that time of the year, man. I mean all these games look I mean pretty much are got some good storylines going Rafa what's your game of the week well since you guys already took Tijuana versus (laughs) Pachuca I'll say Toluca versus Tigres is the other one that sticks out because it's the defending champions against Toluca yeah Uh, I don't know I already spoke about the Luka, but I don't know if uh, if they have enough for both tournaments. But as of now, they're they're still definitely one of the Liguilla candidates for sure. Uh, so that makes the game interesting at the very least. Uh, but there's always that that campionitis we like we like to say in Mexico. Estiga um, is going to su- suffer from that. Feel too confident at times and just you know not have that same passion they did last season uh, because at the end of the day you know you just have to make the league and you have a chance of winning the title you can fall to to that false sense of uh where you just feel very comfortable uh are we going to see that from Diaz? that's that's one of the question marks um but that that's definitely a game to watch Hello? Hello? I think we dropped Rafa. Uh-oh. Uh, he'll join back in. But, um... Well, I was going to say also say the Pumas game. Monterey Pumas would be a good game to watch. Yeah. I mean, what happened in Monterey? They used to be... They used to be up there. They were winning CONCACAF every... Yeah. They win the Congress Champions League like every year it seemed like. Yeah. And they had Chupete Suazo. Oh yeah, Suazo. He was another guy who was kept being rumored to come to MLS. Yeah, I mean throughout a name they're probably gonna be on that on that rumor. Well, I only know because he was rumored to come to Chicago. Like that was the guy that was supposed oh, to come okay. to Chicago. He was supposed to come and save us. I gotcha. But just like everyone who was supposed to come after Cuauhtémoc came, no one's come. (laughs) (laughs) You guys even had Mary Castillo. Oh, don't even remind me, man. (laughs) I remember the game he came in and they're chanting his name. (laughs) And they had fireworks or something. Yeah, well, believe me, we still make fun of that. Anytime we have anyone coming in, we're like, oh, where's the fireworks? Uh... I was watching that very confused. 
I actually went to that game, and that was supposed to be like the biggest. They had like five five designated players, and everyone's like, "Oh man, all these designated players!" Because Rafa Marquez was there, Terry Henry, mm. Firehead Nelly Castillo, Freddie yeah. Lundberg. Just wasn't meant to be. Nope, I don't think so. And I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, he's not uh, with anybody. <laughs> I think no. he's in Greece. Uh, yeah, I saw him a picture with him in a... Polito? Yeah, in Polito. He's chilling. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, so that pretty much Friday night, I'm just going to be watching ML, uh, League MX. Yeah. There's some... Two two good games already already off the bat, so yeah. I think it's a good way to kick off the season. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, League MX doesn't. Uh, well, it's because it's because every team has their own TV deal, but you know, like the NFL has like the last year's champion kicks off the season and stuff like that. Uh huh. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, but the TV deals rule Mexican rule. Foot soccer. Yeah, they rule all. Well, let's uh, go to listener questions. And we got some good ones. We have some interesting ones. We have some interesting ones. All right, let's go with the one people are talking about, the move that happened over the winter. Will Marco Fabian succeed in Germany? You know, um, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I don't think he's going to have an explosion right off the bat, but I think he's going to do well. Um, obviously, I would have liked him to leave around 2013, but he's still got, you know, he's still got some time to showcase himself. But yeah, I think this is a good move for him. Um, I know people joke about him being in Germany with all the the beard that he'll have, but um, no, I think he's going to take this seriously because uh, there's a lot of. Uh, good reputation going around right now with the Mexicans abroad for the most part. So I think he was, he wants to be on that, on that, uh, talking point as well. I just find it funny that a couple of years ago he was supposed to move the Qatar. Oh yeah. 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 And then, uh, I think was it Piojo who said, no, don't Chepo. Do I think it was Chepo. Uh, yeah, I think Chepo was like, no, your national career is going to pretty much be over. Yeah. Wasn't that around the time that was around the time of the confederations? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's when that that rumor or that uh, storyline was going around. And that, but it's funny because uh, his team now, Eintracht Frankfurt, they're having their winter camp in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It all came around. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's going to do well. The team's going to play him. The coach that uh, is his manager now has been chasing him for over a year now. Mm-hmm. So, and another thing that just he just got lucky is the winter break in Germany. Just it was basically like another mini preseason. So it's not like most January moves. You come, you make the move, and boom, you're in the middle of the season. You have a game yeah, right, right off the bat. So he made the move, has a whole month of training with his team, a couple friendlies, and second second half starts. So yeah, I think I think that's very good. Yeah. That, that's just that's I mean that's what you need like a preseason to settle in with your team. And the other thing is, I mean, with this move, it it, it um you know they're they're I think they're fourteenth right now. Yeah, they're not doing too hot. 
Yeah, that's the thing, though. If he can come in and make a name for himself um, and help them move up, uh, that's even better. I mean, I think this is his overall really good move. Um, Obviously, like I said, um, doing it a little bit earlier would have been favorable, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And, uh, but yeah, uh, like you, like you said, he's got some time to adjust and, yeah, it, it, it'll be nice to have his name added, a new name added on the, uh, players abroad list and, uh, some more games to pay attention to. Yeah. And once again, thank God for the new TV deal for Bundesliga. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I expect, and I think last I saw, um, he plays his team plays Bayer I think April 17th or something like that. Oh really? Yeah. So something tells me that game is going to be on Fox Deportes something tells me. Fox Deportes and Fox Sports 1 probably. Yeah. And it will probably be the highest rated game this season in Bundesliga. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, coaches Porto allegedly is going to fire their coach. Yeah. Um, if when you really think about it, they've only lost one game in thirty. Right, games. right, right. <laughs> the problem is, you know, I you you don't have a lot of room with that. You know, going from first place and then, you know the two teams that play that are fighting for that first place spot, um, they demolish their opponents. I'm not saying this is a fireball offense, but I'm just saying there's not a lot of leeway. And then you, you draw, um, dropping it a third. I mean, there's just, you know, it's just the way it goes. It's rough. Um, but in terms of the, the three Mexicans there, uh, I'm a, I will say I'm slightly worried um, just because a, a coach can come in and just take one of those guys out, out of the rotation just because of, you know, something they see in training or something. That's what worries me a little bit. But, I mean, I think it'd be kind of foolish to throw that rhythm off, um, whether Corona, whether Layun, even though Layun is having one heck of a season. Um, I don't see it happening, but... That's my slight worry, uh, I would say, with a new coach. But I, I don't know. It'd just be hard. It'd be hard to do. Yeah, I mean, you just never know with a new coach. Sometimes new coaches come in and, and they're like, oh, "Well, I want my own guys. This is who I want to play." Mm, yeah. I mean, that happened to Gio. Gio got sold to Tottenham. He gets there two weeks later. They fire the coach that wanted him, and well, Gio's riding the bench. Yeah, that's it's it's bad memories. Yeah. So um, well even having um with Reyes. Yeah. Perfect example. Yep. Reyes was arguably one of the better center backs the first month, month and a half in La Liga. <laughs> he gets that one dumb red card. Which is a... not it, it, it's it's so hard to hold that against the guy. I mean what was it? The ninetieth minute? Eightieth eighty ninth minute? Yeah, in the 90th minute, he was arguing with the ref, and he already had a yellow, and they're like, here's another yellow. So he got yeah, a red card. So it's, if it was an action, 
a bad challenge in the middle of a game, uh, yeah, it's hard to defend, but that's kind of, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in, it, it, like I said, I'm not in the inner circle there, so I don't know what, <laughs> what's going on, you know, going on. Um, that they didn't want to ruin the new rhythm, but it's not like they were doing, you know, it's not like they're they're killing it. Yeah, so, yeah, Diego, I don't know. But it's not like the new coach is actually winning. He's won two games in two months, so. Yeah, it's not not looking amazing. Yeah. Rafa, you back? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. Right. Um, I know you have some thoughts on uh, Lopetegui getting getting the the old kick to the curb. Well, is that confirmed yet? Uh, I know it's it has it's basically confirmed. Everyone's reporting it. I mean, yeah, I've seen I know, I've seen it blown up right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Oz was reporting it, but there was nothing official yet. Uh, but uh, to be completely honest, uh, I think he it's fine. I think uh, obviously uh, any individual losing their job is. An awful thing, but uh, we can't say that it's not deserved. Uh, I'm not sure what, what you guys just spoke about, but uh, in terms of how he coached big games, he he just wasn't in it. You know, what what I would, my biggest criticism, I guess, would be that what I'd say about him was uh, when it comes to to the smaller teams, Porto always looked very. Uh, one-dimensional, they, they always, almost always look for Brahimi or for Tecatito, and that's just very predictable. Is it like Chepel's Mexico team? Uh, well, <laughs> they, they need a few this, more, four more crosses in the middle. I think uh, this is, no, I think this is a more technical team than, than that Chepel team, but, <laughs> uh, you know, as an Arsenal fan, we, we poke fun that they look like the old Arsenal where... They, they were just very predictable. That's how Lopetegui is. Uh, and then when it comes to the uh, the big games, which are the Chelsea's, the Sporting League's Bones, uh, he's just trying too hard, in my opinion. Uh, it's the opposite of, uh, you know, when he goes on up against these smaller teams. It's almost like he's supposed to try hard against the smaller teams and just be Porto against the big teams. And he does the opposite, or he did the opposite now. Um for example, we'll give the the Chelsea the Chelsea example, which was uh, it was sort of a must win for Porto, and he came out with uh, with five at the back, uh, which is something that he had never done before. Uh, I mean, these are not the kind of games where you you're trying to risk things because champ, your Champions League place is is in danger here, and, and you know you're trying out new things. I, I'm not sure this is the best time to do it. Uh, it's it's against these smaller teams like, like Hio Ave where uh, where you know you just can't find that that extra pass or that extra player to do something where you can try these new things because uh, because these are teams that are, they're not as good as Chelsea you know um, that was my biggest beef with him uh, I think tactically sometimes he was just not at the right place uh, and, and I can see him leaving uh, the timing is bad though because. Let's be honest, Porto is still in it. At the moment, Sporting is looking like the favorites. Uh, they're looking like they're going to run away with the title, but you just never know. Uh, they might lose a game or two, and Porto's back in it. 
the timing is a little off. Portal's That's... only behind by four points. Exactly. Uh, and they've only lost once all they've season, lost correct? Lost one game. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's amazing, but I just think that that maybe letting them go at the end of the season would have been better. But maybe they have something planned. Maybe Jose Mourinho's coming or something. I don't know. Hey, man, who knows? Because when you're when you're trying to stabilize a team, you know, a team after losing a coach, the first thing you want to do is bring in Mourinho. <laughs> uh, real quick, we answered the question: um, Will Marco Fabian succeed in Germany? What do you think, Rafa? Uh, that's it's not Chicharito, that's for sure. But uh, I think he he'll do fine if he's given a chance. He he'll do fine. Uh, I think we. We talked about how his team is in relegation issues right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I think he, if he's given the chance, he he's the kind of player that uh, that can show what what he's made of. Uh, will he have the same success as Chicharito? <laughs> Obviously, he won't. But uh, he he can do well if he's given the chance. Uh, I haven't really paid much attention to that Frankfurt side. I know they have a couple of. Uh, of internationals in their team uh, in other positions but again it's just a matter of him getting playing time uh, let's do this step by step it, it, let's first see if he's actually going to be a starter if he's going to get playing time and then we can talk about how he can improve and he can start uh, showing the, and scoring those golazos that, that he made us accustomed to with, in his time with Chivas yeah we pretty much agree <laughs> he's going to do well. I think he's going to do well. I mean, obviously, no one's going to be on a Chicharito-like level. But I'm happy. I'm happy he moved. I think it's a good move. Um, another question we got. Which player do you think will flop for the Mexican national team this year? Flop. <laughs> Who's going to be That's... the uh, what's defender's name from Tigres? Ayala. Who's going to be the Ayala of 2016? Who's going to be the Angel Reina? Yeah, Angel Reina. That's a tough one. I don't know. That's that's a really tough question. That is a very tough question. Because you you obviously want everybody to do well. And you want... I think I'm going to go on a limb here. I think it's going to be Peralta. I think he's that at the a, end. That is a very good pick. I think he's. I think he's at the tail end of his national team career. So I. I mean. I can see that. Also, on another level, maybe Rafa Marquez. You know. Mm. He's older though. Yeah, you know, that's it, not a bad. That's not a bad pick, but uh. Yeah, that's a that's that's a very good question. Can I say uh? Memochoa, because he just won't play. I think. What a heartbreaker! If he doesn't make the switch this this January, then. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna be watching Copa America from his house somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't if I wouldn't even bring him to the Olympics as a over twenty three player. Let's even rephrase the question: Who has the most potential? to be a flop and I think that is Memo Ochoa yeah well in the same vein who's going to surprise us hmm 
Rafa, do you got anybody in mind? Uh, can I say, um, let's see, Raul Jimenez maybe? <laughs> okay. I know. Well. I know Jimenez gets gets a lot of beef, but I can see him scoring some goals and scoring some big goals. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Jurgen Dam. Dam. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm gonna... he's maturing. I think I, I think he's gonna do well this season. Yeah, that's a good pick. How about Marco Fabian? <laughs> How about he gets a, he gets a rhythm with uh, in Germany and he gets his call. He gets a call up. When was the last time he was? When was the last time he was called up? Well, he definitely was in the World Cup squad. Oh yeah. Um, Did he play in the? Copa yeah, might been. Yeah, he was at the Copa America. Yeah, he was. okay. Yeah, so he's been. I mean, he was there recently, yeah. but uh, I'll say him. I'll say Marco Fabian. You know, oh, hold on. I I may be picking on him lately. My biggest flop or biggest chance to flop would be Dos, Giovanni Dos Santos. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll see. I can see that. If it if his season goes similar to the final end there, uh like that he had, I don't know. Well, like, the MLS schedule is just so bad for him because the next call-ups are going to be in March, and he's just going to be starting his season. Yeah, and so. uh, don't they have oh, yeah, Conquer Champions also? Oh, yeah, they got Conquer Champions in uh, February. So, meh. We'll see. Well, I guess this kind of goes in line with those questions. Uh, any? Well, I guess we'll wait. We'll do that one at the end. This question is from Seyside, who likes to throw us with those <laughs> funny questions. <laughs> What's your favorite moment from youth or pickup intramural soccer game? I have Lunch. mine. I don't know. Yeah, you can lead us off. You okay. can lead us off. A couple years ago, uh, the supporters group for the Chicago Fire, they have a New Year's Day tournament. And I don't know why it's, it's a New Year's Day, so I, you know half the people <laughs> who show up to these things are people who are out late the previous night let's just say most of my squad was out till really late (laughs) somehow we're down by two goals in the championship game i've been playing defense the whole tournament it's indoor and i'm like you know what i'm like just put me in i'll I'll go play forward i'll just run around i'll just run around (laughs) so i'm just out there running just running around just like pretty much playing that role him in his role i'm just gonna track down every ball not do anything else (laughs) We end up scoring two goals the last two minutes to force the game in overtime, and then we won in PKs. That was, wow. my, that was the peak. That was the peak of my uh, soccer playing career. There you go, man. That's it. You got that taste of victory. I got that. I got that, that taste of the cup, and then I <laughs> How about you, Rafa? You playing? Oh well, there's a reason I write in and talk because I'm just an awful soccer player. <laughs> but I think we've all had those those games where pick up games in the park where you have the cascarita as we call it. Um, I I remember once where I live like across the street from a park. So uh, back when I was a kid, we used to play a lot, 
uh, and we always have the the last goal wins, correct? And um, I remember it was last goal wins, and it's probably like because you know I'm just so awful at soccer. It's probably like the best moment ever <laughs> because I just launched the ball from distance, and it was just a beautiful goal. It was like the best goal I've ever scored in my life, just because. I think the word in Spanish, how we call it, the campanita, where it hits the uh, the crossbar and then bounces in, which is a beautiful goal. Uh, I mean, I, I'm playing it in my head in slow motion, just the ball hitting the crossbar and then bam, inside. It was just beautiful. And Best the, goal I've ever all scored. All the chicas were like, ah, oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that's how it's remembered, man. Yeah, that's the crowd was cheering. You know, beautiful. Bro, you, Brian, you're building uh, it up, man. You're going to close it off? <laughs> yeah, no, I was on a, um, an indoor team, um, and we got promoted to the men's uh, D-League division, which is above recreation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we ended up – and it was nice because I was with a bunch of my friends on the team. Um, and, like, really, there was nobody that we didn't know, that which was, which was nice. Uh, we ended up going undefeated to the championship game, and we played this team called the Hood Rats. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were a really physical team. Uh, it was a really good game, and I scored uh, one, I think, the go-ahead goal at uh, halftime. And then in the second half, we picked it up, and I think we won 6-3. to three. Um, But I, ever since then, I have never seen a team go undefeated in a season. So it was kind of a pretty cool moment for uh, indoor indoor glory, <laughs> as you could say. You were the Invincibles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll even look once in a while, like looking for that undefeated team, but they they're still I still haven't seen any since. You like that? You're like freaking Mercury Morris from the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You pop that four loco every time someone loses a game. You're like, ah, not this season. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a, it. Was a pretty it was a pretty good memory. Well, to close out the podcast, uh, any bold predictions for Mexican soccer? Well, I I'll, I'll guess I'll kick it off since I was the last one to answer that. And this will be, and I say this one, but I'm gonna, and my prediction is that um, I don't know how bold it is. I mean, it could, it could be bold, but I say both Copa America and the Olympics, both those teams make it to the semifinals at, le- at least. At least, yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, I'm not I'm not ruling out a, a championship run, but I'm saying they're at minimum they're gonna at least make the semifinals. Both of those squads. Rafa, what's your bold prediction? That is a tough one as well. <clears throat> uh, you know, before Bryant said the semifinal thing, I had I had one very similar. I have one league I make is to making the Copa Libertadores semifinal. That's one bold prediction I have. Uh, the other one is... I already spoke about Pumas, but I'll say it's going to be between Pumas or America. One of those teams is just going to be a complete letdown this season. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Club America or Pumas, but one of those two is. That's my bold prediction. Hmm. My bold prediction is I will be buying a 2016 Mexico... <laughs> Olympic jersey with two gold stars on it. Ooh. 
Very nice. Might be fake, but I will buy it. <laughs> it might be from the mar- the market, but <laughs> that's my bold prediction. I think it's just so good. Can you imagine Mexico versus Brazil in the cha- in the gold medal game? No, that would be insane. Oh, that would be a good like I, we were saying earlier. It'd be a good way to have Rafa Marquez send out his career as an overage player in that versus Brazil. I mean, that'd be crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could happen. How perfect would that be if he was the captain for that tournament? And he'd be the first guy to play in what four World Cups, captain four World Cups, and the gold medal. Yeah. That's a heck of a career. I mean, he's got a lot of accolades already. Yeah. All right, well, anything else you guys want to touch on before we head off? Um, Not off my head, but those are, pre- those are pretty good questions, I will say. Well, fans, fans bring with the questions. They want to know. Want to keep, know. Them, keep them coming, you know what I mean? We, we like yeah. those. From CDs to uh, <laughs> in, in, indoor glory. I mean, that's what, that's what's, that's what it's about on this podcast. <laughs> Anything else, Rafa? No, it's. I'm just looking forward to tomorrow, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other bold prediction I have is Cholos. I think they're. I'm high on them, as you say. I think they have a really good team. I'm looking forward to see what Miguel has has in store for all of us. Uh, and that's just a really good team. Uh, and because I live close to, to Tijuana, uh, I hope to catch some games in these coming months, see who's coming to town and. These games are good, so looking forward to that. My other bold prediction is Martinelli is going to try to interview Piojo, and Piojo's just going <laughs> to... Oh, God. <laughs> Piojo's going to have to be held back. you throwing, throwing hands. Yeah. So. Do, we get any, do we have any Chicharito predictions? What more? How do you think he's going to end this second half of this season, or... And he's going to get any recognition from anything? or I think he's going to get over 30 goals. That would be pretty superb. Anyone else want to bet the uh, over-under 30 goals? Who's going I'm, on? I'm, I'm saying 30. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. Over? Yeah, yeah. Rafa? I mean, they have they have a lot of games left. I mean, How many does he have right now? 19. Oh, yeah, definitely 30. Then. Yeah, over 30 for sure. Well, if he doesn't get over 30, no one come after us. So. <laughs> yeah, don't hold me to it. Come on. That's a jinx. How about, how about Raul Jimenez? Ten, over 10 goals? He's at six now. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So double digits, that's not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, well, this has been the Colorful Kit Podcast, episode 11. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for listening. And, uh... Hopefully we'll get we'll get another episode next week where we'll recap the first half for all the Europe battles since most of them are in winter break basically. But yeah, Brian, tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Brian RMW, or you can see my articles at thestoppagetime.com, or their Twitter also at thestoppagetime. Um, so that's where you can find me. That's where you can go uh, comment on all his anti MLS articles. Yeah. <laughs> You can you, you can rip you can rip me on there if you want. <laughs> what about you, Rafa? So you guys can find me on Twitter at MexicanFoot.com. Uh, so like last season, just 
match reviews. I'll, I'll be writing more for SB Nation, so uh, there'll be a couple articles on Leon Mackey's. Uh, and again, just looking forward to tomorrow and hoping it's another great season. And you can find me at underscore bones, or I'm usually on the Colorful Kit sharing the, the latest GIFs. Did you guys see that GIF I shared with the today of Hector Herrera dancing? <laughs> no, that I was, not. That was brilliant. That, that was, was vintage. That was classic, man. <laughs> classic, I found that. Yeah. I, was like, I had to share this. Was it from the Olympics? Or yeah, was it was just dancing in the Olympics. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, and I will check out the next time. Peace.